and nobody misses like this, man. It's crazy. Welcome back, Backlash Radio. It's Anthony Pino and Nick Carullo. Me and Nick have my uncle Bill and Bill Lyle, captain of the Blackhawk. Is that an 80 Viking, Bill? The 76. 76 Viking, and they're based out of Los Sueños. And we're going to do a little recap here of uh, the first leg of the Los Sueños series and and you guys' experience on the Blackhawk, you know, since you guys have been in the Costa Rica and Los Sueños, which has only been, what, this is your second season or first season? So this is my first season here. Mm-hmm. We just got the boat here in April. Okay. Gotcha. Yep. Cool. So. Uh, all right. Well, it was a really interesting tournament. I've, I followed it pretty pretty closely when I wasn't fishing. A lot of bi- lot of big swings, and you guys were probably the biggest, one of the bigger swings. That, certainly on the on the first day, you guys started out kind of slow, and then uh, we were we are uh, rallied at the end. We, I, we set them out. Now, you know, right before we set them out, I was marking fish and bait. I was like, all right, it's going to be hot. We had a good day there the day before. Catch a couple blue ones and, I don't know, 16 sails by noon. And we came in and we put them out. And it was nothing but 15-pound gaffers for four miles. Mm. And I picked them up. I made a 15-mile power move and there was nobody there. And I was like, well. We're either going to get them or I just really screwed up. And luckily we started getting them. And what, Was that area yeah. with the gaffers, the, the, the area where you pre-fished? Yeah, that's the, yeah. I got you. Well, I had pre-fished up to the west. And then the day before the tournament, I fished the area where the gaffers were. And we had good fishing, you know. And no just I couldn't get through the mahis. I mean, I tried. We didn't have our first. I think I picked them up at. 940 and there was already 176 fish caught and i was up there pulling my hair out <laughs> i was like well i'm making a huge power move here and then we ran about 15 miles nobody was there and put them out and started getting bit we got our first bite at 10 37 in the morning and it's like all right finally and then they kept coming for the rest of the day we ended up catching 23 and uh you know, turned out good all by ourselves. What, what I think you guys were as low as what, like 30, 35th or something by the like b- before you even got your first bite. And what did you guys end up up with on the where? What place did you guys end up with them? Like on the first yeah. day? Yeah, eighth or eighth or tenth. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Eighth or tenth. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, there, you... I, I think there was two hundred and thirty fish by the time we caught our first one <laughs> that the fleet had caught. You yeah. know, and I'm like, wow, I'm sucking. And we then, were last yeah. place on. We were in last place on time. So yeah. <laughs> I got you. Yeah. So you picked up and you moved, and were you running to that spot, or you were you just running to another spot? I was just running to another spot that I hadn't fished all week, but yeah. I knew that there was a couple boats that were to the south, and I didn't know they were all the way down on the 50 mile fence. You know, so when I got to where I was, the pocket area, you know, there was nobody there. They were another 15 miles down the road. And, you know, you can imagine, you haven't had a bite all day. There's been 220 fish caught, and here you are running 15 miles, and there's no one there. It's like <laughs> a little nerve-wracking. Did something it's make like, you stop, the though? Best. Huh? Did something make you stop there, or were you just going to stop there? I just, way? you know, I, I haven't, this is my first season here, and... The guys have told me you can find them out in the deep, but to me, it's just been like every time I'm out there, I feel like I'm wandering around in the desert. So I have to fish in structure. Mm-hmm. And I just ran down to where, you know, I had fished maybe a month before that you can work pretty good, nice edge, and uh, gave it a shot, you know, hope for the best. Got yeah. lucky. Uncle B, oh, when you're when you're an angler in that situation, and you're just getting you do you are you in that boat or it's a long distance from the bridge of the cockpit are you aware of what's going on or do you do you just um am i aware am i aware that there was like 170 fish yeah because i know i know that on the blood money i'm aware when you're when we're not getting bites and i i know i i understand that the body language that comes from you so bill probably does is probably realize that halfway by 10 o'clock but um, he couldn't really see me yeah but, um but do you can you hear that going on you're like fuck we're no i could spot. see it i i could see it on my phone why are you on the phone yeah hey 
We weren't catching anything. What the hell else was I going to do? <laughs> hey, let me tell you something, Anthony. Uh, but, but once he figured out, once he figured out when I was on my phone, about every hour and a half, two hours, I'd hear, I'd hear on my on my headset, "What's going on in the tournament now, Bill?" Yeah, so, and that was coming, and that was coming from the captain. Right. Well, I wanted to know what was happening. I mean, I had my radio on pretty loud, so. We Everyone's could hear. We could hear the. It's yeah, just... the first day. The first day when it was happening, and we weren't catching anything. We couldn't hear it on the radio. But but later on, I think the starting the second day, we could hear the radio through his headset. But not okay. the first. Not the first day. I might. So, have, I might have pushed my mic up because I want you yeah. guys to hear what was and going I on. I, I wasn't chatting on the phone. I was looking at the standings, trying to figure out if I could find any, if I could see any of the boats. Because the second day they were, the second day they found us. You know, four boats found us, uh, yeah. and I and I was trying to see, you know, what they were doing to as they were getting out. And I was usually doing it. We had five anglers fishing four rods, okay, so somebody somebody was always off. And when I was off, I was checking my phone quite a bit. Okay, that's fair enough. That's that's a little bit more reasonable than what I. Usually. Yeah, no, I was on the right long, so it was. I mean, I was on the right flat, so it wasn't really yeah. possible for me to check my phone while I was while I was fishing. I got you. No, and I was telling Nick earlier. I said the first day I fished with Bill, he had the right flat line in his hands all day long, never put the rod down. And I told him, I said, Bill, I haven't seen anybody hold the rod like that in a long time. I really appreciate it. You know, it goes a long yeah. way, and it's just it's like that effort makes a difference. You know, oh, yeah. it helps. It, it definitely it really does. It was all, really awesome to see because we had yeah. never fished together. And when we put this team together, you know, Garrett mainly called all the guys and got them all orchestrated. But fishing for a week together by the end of the week, I mean, we were we were smooth as silk. Yeah, and Garrett was the only person. The Garrett was only the only person I've ever fished with on the boat, and I think uh, uh, Alan and, and and Jason fished together a couple of times, but that was about yeah. it. Yeah, I had Alan in the Dominican a couple of times, just you know, riding out. So, 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 who were the anglers on the boat? We had Alan Sadler who owns the Intense, and we had uh, Michael Berry who owns the Wicked Wahini, and Jason from uh, Ace Marine, and Garrett was our pro, and me. I got you. So I had a Garrett on here too. Pretty yeah, stacked. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. So, how many how many days of pre-fishing did you guys get to have? Two and a half, Two and roughly. A half. I got you. Do you feel like that's a, a a reasonable amount to get get if you have the if you have the bites? Like, because you're doing you're in that in that instance, you're doing two things, aren't you, Bill? You're looking trying to find some somewhere a little bit different than what's known, but you're also you're also trying to get your people downstairs in 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 sync with each other you know yeah so like, i mean more the merrier as far as the fishing days but i think that for us it worked out pretty well because they ended up being really long days they are very long days and you're getting a lot of bites so we all got into a, a groove really quick <laughs> you know like i said by the end even by the first day of the tournament i mean everything was going super smooth yeah you know? we all of us were like wow look at us this is great you know first time <laughs> together and but everyone knows what they're doing you know mm -hmm. wasn't anybody that was you know the only thing we really had to get down was the slider you know who who was going to the slider and we figured you. that out we figured that out pretty quick and after that it was just like normal did one of you two want to explain the slider because I, I, I have mixed feelings on that good you know i would let you explain it bill i was telling these guys i haven't sail fished in close to 15 years i was in the caribbean in st thomas you know fishing we caught blue marlin so the so slider is well but i like it you know so the long rigger the long rigger has kind of <laughs> like that one of those one of those uh kite black black clips that slides down to a down to a clip or down to a like a crimp that holds it and um, it's just below the the long rigger clip, you know, probably about two and a half, three feet. So we're used to always going from, you know, you get bite on the left long, 
the right long goes to the left long, and that's normal. But then we would uh, we would take the left flat and put it on that same halyard on that same rigger line on the left long rigger line. But there was a clip below it um, on a slider that would slide down to a pre pre crimped position, and that would put both baits in the rigger uh, going into the turn to keep the fish inside the turn. And then the guy on the right flat would go to the left flat. So all the baits would be fished on the side that the fish is being caught. And then they would pin down the dredge and pin down the the the, the teaser a little bit, but they wouldn't bring it in at all. So we were fishing a full spread. Uh, if anything, we cleared the right dredge um, quickly. but The not outside quickly. dredge. The outside dredge, we would clear a little sooner. But everything, everything on the left side, everything was on the side of the fish inside of the turn. Mm -hmm. And uh, we did that on the Unamas, and, and it worked really, really well. And we did it here, and it worked well. So, you know, it's, it's really yeah, I mean, cool. It, I, I like it. In a, in a clean window, you know, of water. And the only thing that we would really clear is, I think about halfway through the turn, I would start creeping in, you know, my outside teaser, because it was just flopping around over there in the white water. Yeah. And then once I got all the way around, did a full circle and get squared up, you know, clear the spread and back up and catch them. But it does, it you. does put everything in nice, clean water and gives you the multiple opportunities for sure. I got you. Yeah. I'm starting to see a, a difference in, in tactics when it comes to what to do in the turn, people fishing the outside rigger or everybody loading up the inside, inside of the turn and inside of the spread. I'm starting to see see people do approach that a lot more differently than a couple of years ago, which is interesting to me. I find we, we didn't get anything following the uh, outside dredge. And I don't think we ever got an outside teaser bite, but I do know that we had a fish or two or three on the inside dredge a couple of times. And we definitely had a fish on the inside teaser once. So oh, yeah. it seems like, they, it seems like the side that was loaded got, got the action. Gotcha. Yeah. And if they did come in on the outside teaser, you know, you're looking at the, the inside because that's where everything is. So you'd catch them out of the corner of your eye over there. And then they're in the white water too. So it's hard <coughs> to see them. See them roll over there once in a while. And it's like, oh, I'm already in this hard turn over this way. Am I going to straighten out to try and catch this one? You know, that's when yeah. I that's when I started just kind of bringing it in. Now I'd pull it maybe about halfway in. It'd be kind of, you know, the tail end of the water. Teaser, right there on the side of the white water that way if something did come i wouldn't have to go radical to try and get it in clean water yeah yeah right the only, thing you gotta, the only thing you had to watch out for was to keep that the slider you know inside of the shorter than the long rigger and uh that it, it, that that would avoid any tangles but that was the only thing that we had an issue one time i think when you when the two when the two when the, inside riggers were close to each other, yeah. When the inside, when when the sh when the slider when the slider bait went out further than the, than the long rigger bait by accident, yeah, you know, it would cross over it, and that would be a problem. But I think that happened once on a practice. Yeah, day. any any big tangles or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But that like slider <laughs> that slider clip is on the long rigger or short rigger? Yes, on the long rigger. And how far below the long clip is it? Less than three feet, I think. Isn't it, Bill? It'll slide all the way up to the clip, won't it? Or it will, but the, it? I think Valley doesn't have enough weight to push it all the way up there. You I know, it's you. only going to go up to what that bait is going to pull it up to, which is about half from what I saw. Yeah. And then when you, when you get a bite on it, do you, you slide the drag up and it comes – it goes to the clip and then it comes out of it or like if it's on the inside of the turn, it will come right out of the clip there. It'll usually come right out of the clip there. I gotcha. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Only fished on a couple boats with it. It's a new concept for me. Yeah. Like I said, you know, I haven't <coughs> done sail fishing in the past 15 years, but I've only had about a month's practice and, uh, I am sure enjoying it. I can tell you that. I mean, it's, a lot of fun getting that many bites in a day yeah, and going yeah for sure i liked it i've been having fun with it it's different from what i've done for the past 
15, 15 years, you know? It's certainly much more of a team team sport and activity, you know? Oh, 100%. Like, yeah, absolutely. And that's the cool part, you know, especially the fact that it was just none, none, of, none of us had really ever fished together. Well, definitely none of us has fished together as a team of five. So, you know, once it got down and, and, and watching it happen, um, you know, the owner was the owner was just getting a huge kick out of watching the movement of the anglers. Uh, he kept he kept saying that that was the cool part, you know, yeah. uh, that that we didn't. No, we didn't fish together, and everybody knew where to go. And he was he was enjoying that, and um, and and definitely it helped. You know, it helped like that. All of us had fished Costa Rica just on different boats. You know, mm-hmm. and yeah, there's, and very also- little, there's very little difference. You know, you always want to know what these elite boats are doing, and and you get on the boat, and they're doing the same thing, just better. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of it has to do with. You know, the anglers that are as mad at them as the crew is, you know, they want to catch, see how many, they, the most they can catch too. And they're going to give it a hundred percent when you do it and you're getting bit, it's going to come together, you know, as long yeah. as everyone wants to catch them. Yeah. It always seems, you know, I don't know, they're there, especially as hot as hot as hell there. And, you know, you really towards the end of the day. And then there's, a, there's typically a lull after new, after 12 o'clock and you're like fuck it's hot you know and for guys to stay in it people can lose focus pretty quickly even if they're they want to they want to be out there working hard you can you can still lose focus and miss a couple fish and you know lose four or five places you know so it's important that everybody's kind of key how how integral are the mates you know I, I know garrett works on the boat garrett penley and then i don't know the other mate but what what's the other mate's name Jake and Marlin. I got you. So yeah, Jake Flynn from the captain. Uh, He's a captain of the Wiki Rohini now, right? No, no, we have Jake uh, from New Smyrna. Okay, gotcha. Sorry. And um, yeah, I mean he's good. He's up and coming. Yeah. You know, he's learning a lot. Yeah. Learns a lot from Garrett. And then Marlin, he's fished a few seasons here, so he's good. And those guys, I mean, it's it, their workload is incredible. I mean, with the amount of bites that you're getting, just the amount of bait you're rigging and popping the fish off. Poor kids, all their hands were busted up from the swivels, you know, and yeah. break line on the mahis. I mean, it's just all day long or a couple of bonita bites. I mean, changing line real. I mean, it's solid all day long. Yeah. I mean, those that, guys. That Mar- Marlon is, uh, I, I don't know if you know him, Anthony or Nick, but uh, uh, Rufus Wakeman's kid. Marlon Wakeman. Uh, I got you. I Rufus, don't know. Rufus, I know. Rufus is a legend yeah. down there in, uh, in, in South Florida. And, and uh, Marlon is his son, and he was he was awesome. And then very, very important, especially there, was our tower dude, uh, Surrey. Man, he was, he was a Hawkeye. That was the most impressive tower person I've ever seen in my life. I mean, he saw every fit, just about. Then I would say 95% of them. Yeah. He would call them out on the long rigger or on the left flat or on the dredge or on the teaser. And he would identify the fish every time, sailfish. We never we didn't raise a marlin during the tournament, but he was on it. I mean, and that makes a big difference for the angler to know that the fish is there. You know, I you got the sonar, so I'm saying, hey, I'm working a double over here and I'm getting ready to come over them. You know, they're favoring the right side blah, blah, blah. You know, that probably happens 200 times a day, but not all mm-hmm. of them turn bites. But when they, when they did show up, this kid, Surrey from the tower saw him every time. Yeah. And it was, he saw him well before they bit because the guys were like, okay, we're like, Oh, we all look back and like, Oh, sure enough. He's there. Yeah. So you tell. It was very impressive. Do you think it's, it's a, you know, he, that now with the sonar and you picking out like at least identifying the side, you know, he's kind of focused more on that side. So, you know, cause especially in your 76 Viking, it's a lot for a tower guy to look, look at, you know, you know what I mean? To try and, to try and notice everything. But if you, if you give him an aside a to look at, he's more focused on that. Do you think that helps that helps him a lot? Probably. I think it does because yeah. there's a lot of times I, I would say, you know, right side or left side, or he's 
basically he's coming underneath the left rigger right now. And he'd be like, okay, you know, and then, you know, 30 seconds or however long went by. He's like, oh, there he is on the left teaser, you know? And it was, we were driving, we were putting it together really well towards the, the last couple of days there. I mean, it was really very well orchestrated. <laughs> I would see him on the sonar. He would see him on the surface. It yeah. was, definitely <laughs> gives you an edge knowing, knowing the fish it's is gotta there. Help. It's got to help Anthony when he calls the side because there were some times when he would call the side and, and Surrey would, would, would see a, just a little splotch deep. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you don't know what side he's going to be on, you're, you're trying to scan the whole spread. But when he would say left side, you, you could tell that he was looking at the left side and he, he would be able to see a little dark spot, you know, deep and tell you that it's there. Even yeah. if it's not, you know, even if it's not coming, he'd, he'd say it's there, you know. Yeah. He's down there. I saw some color, you know, a couple yeah, of times. That happened a handful of times where oh, I, see, I think we saw some color down there. And, you know, and then, you know, the last day they were eating the long riggers nonstop. But there's a few times where we saw some color down there by the dredge or something. And then they would pop up on the long rigger for whatever reason. So, yeah, because they follow you around for quite some time dude then you can at least do something if you see if you know that there's one back there you can do something about it move the dredge or you know sink a bait yeah. by the dredge or something yeah i mean it definitely was like i said so very well orchestrated between the sonar and the tower guy and the anglers it was it was it was about as good as it can get you know yeah I mean, do you bill do you find yourself with the tower guy and the you know having the headsets and everything do you find yourself not really having to say much in that once you once you say once you raise a fish it's pretty much the tower guy communicating right pretty much so what i was doing is i'm so focused on that sonar personally when i'm fishing Mm -hmm. i would tell the guys you know where i see the fish and where he went out the back of the boat to left side or right side and then i would start looking at the sonar again for other fish and then i would leave it up to surrey and he would call them out or sometimes, you know, the guys would say I got picked up, but 90% of the time I'm not really turning around and looking for the fish. I mean, I do by habit because I want to see the bite too, Yeah. but I am so into it with that sonar, you know, it's, it's because I would see them and I'd be like, okay, we're going over one now, but I'm going, I'm going to favor to the right because I see two more over there. Yeah. yeah. You know, I start working on those. So if, if you it, if you no. marked a couple of fish and let's say you you know you went right over them and you didn't see another fish out in front of you somewhere, would you turn back around on that double or something? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean unless here there's a lot of other stuff that you're marking. I mean if they were deep, I wouldn't turn around. I would keep going. But to be honest, throughout the whole tournament, three days, I probably fished a two mile stretch of water. The whole time. Wow. I found if, when I stopped that day after the power move and I found them between my inshore and offshore tax was about two miles. And I fished there for three days straight because every time I try and leave, I get bit again. Wow. I thought we were big eye fishing for a while. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, but they kept coming. So, you know, on the, the last day there was what, 10 or 12 boats there. And I kept telling the guys, like, I'm not going to let them get in my spot, you know, because there he, is a he had a, he had a honey spot. He had a honey hole that he was protecting. And a honey hole, and I wasn't letting anybody in there. Yeah. And <laughs> now, how, like, day I ventured out a little off of it. You know, the fish had moved offshore a little bit, but they held solid there. It was actually kind of, you know, I found it kind of weird that they stayed there for so long, but they yeah. did. I stuck, I stuck to it. Go ahead. 21. 21. 21. Yeah. It was 23 and 21. And 19. Bill, when those guys slide on your spot like that, I assume they're they're not the kind of the bigger names of the world. Do you? I mean, when you say protect it, you mean like get well, make sure that they don't aggressively. You know, like yeah, I might have to get shorter. You know, or mm-hmm. if I would just when I say protect it, I'm not. You know, I don't, it just means fishing it aggressive. My yeah, tax yeah. I mean, my yeah. my t- got tighter. You know, a couple of times I'd rev up the outside engine to turn faster, you know, or even, you know, just really 
staying honed in on that spot to where it yeah. made everyone else attack a little harder. I, yeah, Whether I or not like, it worked or not, I don't know. But in my mind, I was like, oh. Well, you have to I'm, stick, stick I'm going to stay you, close to my, my, my little area right here, you know? Yeah. You have to stick to what you believe. And if you have somebody else sliding in there, it's not like, it's it's certainly not your ocean. But, you yeah. know, you it it's, I feel like just like where Nick Fish is in Los Sueños and, and in Costa Rica during the <laughs> weather, whatever the, the the rock star or the pescador or the the triple crown i feel like it's all it's all understood that there's going to be some rigor to rigor fishing and and some people that are going to come come and try to put pressure on you especially you know on your spot if you're the one getting them and i just think that it's it's all kind of understood as you know could, that's how competitive it is and i think you deal with that a lot too at home nick and i i feel like sometimes up here in the mid-atlantic you know you you get a, aggressive with somebody somebody will get a little Malby on the radio or something like that. And I, I just think it, it's cool that it's just kind of understood in, in those places that it's going to get a little tight, you know, and everybody kind of, everybody kind of respects the aggressiveness, you know, and that nobody's really offended if you, you know, protect your well, spot. Tournament fishing, right? That's what you're supposed yeah. to be doing, you know? So yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought it was a lot of fun, you know? No, I think it's it great. It became rigor to rigor. It, it, it became fun. Yeah. Not as fun as it was when we were by ourselves, but you know, it was <laughs> like, all right, this is cool. You know, yeah. but, I mean, I'm, not, is, I'm not sure how it is there, but it, like here, it's like, yeah, it's understood. Like Anthony's saying, like, if you do kind of make an aggressive move on somebody and hey, maybe they don't like it, they're not going to necessarily say some on the radio, but it's just like something like you keep in your back pocket where, like, hey, man, you know, I, I might, I might do it to you pretty soon, you know? So it's kind of like, a, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, hey, man, you know, it's fine you did that, but don't, you know, don't get bent out of shape when I do it to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so I don't think I the... ever cut anybody off. I was just no. staying tight to my spot. Which no. my the third day was really cool. The third day at the end in the afternoon was really cool because it seemed like you know there was about seven or eight boats around. There was there there was the goose and there was the vaquero, and it seemed like everybody had their own spot that they were protecting, and they were all like a mile away, a half a mile away, three quarters of a mile away. But nobody was, everybody was catching them, but nobody was moving closer to each other. So everybody everybody yeah. had their pot of fish. It looked like they were all working their pot of fish. That was, was that was really cool to watch. It was, except that we went cold on our spot for two hours. <laughs> I should have left, left it alone and went went over there, you know. But that's part of the game, you know. They were yeah, there. You, you slide fighting. away, and then yeah, you slide away, and then somebody else pulls right in behind you and that catches happened. a double. You're like, Come oh, on. that happened. He got hot. <laughs> Every he time I away in a charter boat, or even. so, somebody would go over that spot and catch a one or two, and I'm just like, oh. <laughs> You know, but it was a lot of fun. It was. I'm really looking forward to the second leg. I hope the fishing stays as good as it's been. Yeah, sounds like it's very consistent. Yeah, that's sick. Really Go is. ahead. What'd you say, Bill? I said Los Sueños is a beautiful area. Yeah. You know, coming from the Caribbean for the past 12 years, I've probably spent more time in the Mona Passage than anybody else I know. <laughs> and like I was telling Nick earlier, I said, coming here and, and the flat water and the no seaweed is just a joy that I, I mean, I can't get over right now. I love it so much. And it's just yeah. not to have to deal with that backbreaking sea and the seaweed. Oh, God, seaweed. Oh, yeah. man. The last few years with the seaweed, <laughs> it's just been like, oh, you know, That's you're inventing crazy you things walk on the on front it. of your dredge to keep the seaweed off and you're shagging. And it's just, oh. No more. Thank God. I'm happy. Nice. Hanging your dredges for a few miles, waiting for it to clear up. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, we would put, we were started putting, one year it got so bad on the North Drop, we were putting funnels on our main line of the dredge in front of the lead to try and get the weed, it come in there, it'd shag off. But my biggest trick I found was putting a bowling pin in front of the dredge, yeah. one of those bullet bowling pins. And I would only have to bring it in about halfway. Well, as soon as that bowling pin broke the water, I'd, and the seaweed would go away. But I mean, being here in the Pacific, with the, it's just, it's just nice. I what can you it. bring? What do you bring from your your time in in the Caribbean to to the Pacific, Bill? Well, I would say more when we were fad fishing, you know, on the Marlins, just tax certain ways that I tack uh, 
the fads out there. And even uh, here with, like I said, I got a fish structure, you know, mm -hmm. I would try and fish that edge just like I would a fad being up current <laughs> of it, you know, and looking more out up current and focusing my tax up current of the spot that I was really fishing instead of just kind of wandering all over. And that I found beneficial for me, you know, every night I would go home and I'd get on the computer and look at the current, and, you know, the water and everything. And I would really focus my fishing style off of what I learned, you know, in the Dominican fishing those fads and even the North drop. I mean, trying to stay up current of the main area I was fi I'm fishing. So there's a couple of spots here where the steeples come up to a hundred foot, you know, from a thousand, two thousand foot. So it's easy. And then down there where I was fishing for the tournament, it's a pocket where it V's together. Now it's just stayed up current of that most of the time. And it's been working out pretty well. Yeah. yeah. You just think the feet, the fish are riding the current in, into that area and you're just picking them I off. I think as that they, they just in. stay up sea of the bait, you okay. know, or up current. Because you. that's what you found in the DR a lot. We learned that a lot with the sonar. Like before mm -hmm. the sonar, we would just what we call tack the rope, you know, the fads here and you know, the current's going this way. So, you know, the rope's stretched out that way and you would do your tacks up and down the rope. And then when you got the sonar, you found the fish sitting sometimes half a mile, mile up sea, up current of the bait, you know, and they'd be far away from it, farther than you would ever really think about going. And they'd be sitting up there just chilling yeah. out, waiting you know, for whatever they're going to do, you know, swim down and get them. I mean, who knows, you know, but definitely learned do a lot you, with that. Do you notice that when the fish are, when they're up and biting, like the fish have their face in the current? Do you, do you feel that way? Or like I, uh, I noticed last year, you know, I, I, I was running the sonar on the DAC and I felt like when we marked a, a blue one and it was charging into with his face in the current, if you, you got anywhere near him, he was, he was coming, dude, you know, where yeah. in other instances, if they were going a different direction, maybe they weren't, they weren't actually a Marlin or a sail, but it didn't seem like they were as, as, as willing to come and eat. I mean, I think there is a lot to that for sure. Like you said, figuring out which way they're going. Mm -hmm. Um, I personally probably need to get a little more dialed in on that. You know, I did it. I was getting really good at it in the uh, Dominican with the blue marlin and here, you know, blue marlin fishing. But the sail fishing, it was been a little harder because they're more scattered all over, you yeah. know, up and down. And so you're marking two or three at a time. And you look at your sonar screen. You got one over here, two there, three over there. And it's just been a little, you know, I don't know if it really matters if you go over them behind them, a sailfish. I think they'll turn around and eat you anyways, but a blue marlin yeah. you definitely want to cut in front of, sure. Yeah, they won't. The blues definitely I never felt like they turned around. Yeah. Interesting. But it's been fun. Right. So, the first day you guys made the huge move from <coughs> from from 0 to 7th or 8th or 8th or 10th or whatever it was and then you start out the second day and you go right back to that spot, Bill? Yeah. And you go. Well, I looked at, then, I went out you know, you're allowed to leave so early before lines in. Yeah. I mean, we were leaving at, I think, like 530, <laughs> Bill, right? Uh -huh. And lines in aren't until 8. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, I was, I went out offshore looking around. It looked Burned really good. 400 gallons birds. of fuel before the tournament starts. Oh, oh yeah. I was burning fuel. <laughs> I was and it looked really good. You know, there's spinner dolphins and birds as far as I could see. But I just had to get back to my spot. You know, even the, the third day, I was like, I stopped a few spots that looked really good. And the, any third, other day you day, did, the third day you I did more hunting. For, the third day you did more hunting before lines in than than we did the second day. I know that. Yeah, for sure, because I knew that the boats were going to be honest, so and it wasn't sure, you know. But something always calls to you. Go back to where you've been doing good. Yeah. You know. Where was Grand Slam in relation to you guys? They were down on the southeast fence. About, you know, uh, you're allowed to fish 50 miles. And they were down there real close to that. So I find Far it really enough, interesting. I, see them. I got you. <laughs> I find it really interesting that the three boats, I think that the three, the, it was the Grand Slam, the Mama C, uh, not the, the Miss AC and, and the Sea Angel, right? 
the top three? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think the angel was fourth. Okay. Fish tank, fish tank was oh, okay. oh, yeah, Fish yeah, tank yeah. was third. I got you. Yeah. Um, I was, I'm just, I find it super curious because, like, you know, for last year there was a lot of people that were talking about the ta- not having a tower being a disadvantage. And years ago, it was like, oh man, to go down there in Costa Rica, you need like a, like a tar heel or a, a simple a simple fishing boat to compete. And then, then last year I felt like the last couple of years, it's just been these, these, I mean, basically purpose built private sport fishers that have every, everything on them. And then now this year, it seems like the top three or the top four, the three were, or top three of the four were, were basically go privatized, you know, charter boats. And they're it kind of. I don't know. I don't think it really matters. But I just wanted to get you guys' an opinion on the 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 boats and what you guys think um, does think, it contribute. You know, I mean, you're you're running around in a monstrosity that blocks out the sun, dude. So yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would think that a, a little bit smaller of a boat could probably get tighter turns on the fish and get more of the drive-by releases. Mm-hmm. You know, um, no, I mean that's seventy-six. That thing is. It's a perfect boat. I mean, I love that thing. So it 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 fishes very very well for you know a seventy six footer. But I would could see that a smaller boat can maybe get around on them tighter and get you know close that gap a little easier, I guess, without having so much belly. But yeah. I don't. You know, I'm still learning with that too. You know, but that's the only the advantage I would see. At it, you know. I, I, yeah. I, I, I think it was. I mean, those captains are phenomenal. Those three captains that you're talking about are phenomenal. And I was talking to BC about it, and, and BC said that 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 boat, the Tar Heel, which is now the Sea Angel, uh, just there's something about it. That single screw, you know, it just it just raises them like he's never seen them raised before. Uh, yeah, you know, he's been on some good boats, mm-hmm. but uh, at the end of the day, it's. It's got to be the captains, you know. Those guys are phenomenal. Oh, they, 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 because they're up. All those captains that, that we're talking about have been up there on different boats. Yeah, yeah. You know, I um, grew up fishing with David Grubbs in Ponce Inlet. You know, mm-hmm. from twenty twenty five years ago, he used to own his own boat called the Heavy Hitter, and that guy <laughs> catches fish in a tool, a toilet bowl, a sailfish in a toilet bowl. I mean, he's phenomenal. You know, the guy. They're just fishy dudes. They've been doing it forever, and I mean, they're just good, really, really good. Yeah, and they put they put a lot of effort in the Grand Slam. Put a lot of effort in everywhere, but especially in that area the last couple of years. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's pretty cool. Yeah, and I mean, like and Mahoney's just Mahoney's just mad at him. I mean, he's, he's gonna just, get him wherever he goes. He's gonna get him. You know? Yeah, absolutely. He's always caught a lot of fish as long as yeah. I can remember. I mean, forever, you know, even when he was commercial fishing, you know, he, he was probably one of the pioneers of dredge fishing, you know, 20, 20, 20 years ago, 18 years, however long ago. I mean, he, they were one of the first guys pulling dredges around, you yeah. know, and he, they went to Mexico every year. He's just, he's always caught a lot of fish everywhere he went, you know, he's just one of those guys who's like, if you see him, you know, you're in the right spot, you know, yeah. and you're just hoping to keep up. <laughs> yeah, I hope you might I not know. Up. Might not yeah. know why you're in the right spot, but you know that he's there, so yeah. it must be. Yeah. Yeah. I hate that. I keep up with him. I've heard, I've heard you say that before, Anthony. <laughs> what? <laughs> We're in the right spot. <laughs> Look yeah. around. You. Yeah. Look around. You and and the funny part there. about it was, okay. you guys. You know, I, I remember when Anthony would. We, we would show up at a spot and, you know, Anthony wasn't talking to the other three boats that were in that spot. And he's like, how the hell do we all end up in that same spot? You know? Yeah. That yeah. happened a lot the last couple that of years. That happened a lot a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah. Uh, at least now I felt like back in the day, I would just follow those guys and I'd be like, all right, well, I'm in the right spot, but I never knew why. And that's just a recipe for just getting your ass kicked. Like if you, you know, if you're just like, oh, all the all the best boats in in town are here, and you're like, all right, well, this might be a good spot, and then everybody puts them in gear, and the lines come as well yeah. be in no never never land because this is not going to work out. Well, that's how I felt <laughs> after I made that power move, and I was all by myself, and I was looking yeah. around like, oh man, 
I told these guys, I said, well, we're either going to be a hero or, you know, we're going to suck. We're going to suck yeah. real bad. <laughs> that, I mean, dude, I don't know if I, and I, I try to follow this tournament pretty, pretty closely, but I don't know if I, when the when it's mostly sail fishing that I've seen a, seen a boat make a move quite like, like that where it's it's all on sailfish but the marlins i've seen crazy shit especially with the little stripies couple i guess that's six eight years ago now uncle b but yeah with yeah. that but uh that's that was pretty cool man that's and did you when you were running along bill were you did you see like free jumpers or you were just running back to your spot that you knew well i was running mainly because i knew that those guys were down there somewhere i just didn't yeah, realize yeah. They were all the way down there yeah yeah so I was looking for, I actually passed a couple other boats and I was like, I had in my mind that area that I wanted to fish because I knew that I could fish it the way, like I was talking about, fish it up current and back and forth and actually feel like I was fishing something instead of just trolling down the edge, you know? So I ran right to it and I didn't, I told myself I'm not stopping before I get there because usually I'll stop a few miles before I get somewhere. Then I'm kicking myself because it feels like it takes forever to get there. Yeah. So I just kept going. I got right to it. I put them out and just got lucky. I mean, they got hot for us there. I think we caught 23 that day. Yeah, we caught 23 the first day. So. And did, they, did people 30. did people find find where you were, or were you able to keep it keep it to yourself most of the day? Well, the first that day? day, I think somebody, yeah, yeah, one boat day. came in us on the afternoon. And then when we got back to the dock, we were all, all the captains were talking to each other for the most part, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I told them I wasn't, I told them where I was, you know? Yeah. And the rest from there, I mean, the second day we were still, there was only what, one or two, three boats there. And then the last day is when it, you got crowded. Yeah. So. And it wasn't until the we afternoon, the second day, you know, the second day the, the, there was four boats working it hard at the end, but the third day it was crowded from the get go. Yeah. And yeah, the, the over the three days, everyone that I talked to, they all had a lot of bites. Didn't really matter where they were. Yeah. Guys to the west were getting bit. The guys farther to the southeast were getting bit. It's just a matter of having the team in the cockpit to catch. Yeah. What was the general consensus? Is it that there were, you know, the the bites were pretty evenly evenly distributed, and you know, some boats did better than others. Or when it came to converting, or was there a handful of boats that had far and away more bites? Uh, uh, yeah, uh, the latter. I got you. Yeah, probably because <laughs> down know? down to the down down to the east of the fence, um, there were some reports from some of the guys from Capos that uh, it was it was really good down there, and it was just a matter of uh, of finding getting down there. But th there was, I think the I think I'm not positive. Bill could probably tell you more. I think the majority of the boats were down that way. So, you know, they, they were fighting for the, the fish. You know, more boats fighting for the same fish than than we were uh, where we were going or up to the west of Cabo Blanco. There was only a handful of boats up there. I yeah, so. I mean, I, I think actually it was more kind of evenly split. About half boats down there and half up to the west. And I, you know, I had some people tell me that they got a lot of bites <laughs> up to the West. They just weren't capitalizing on them. And, you know, it just takes, for these tournaments, it just takes a, a team that is, you know, working together very well and good anglers. Yeah. And, you know, luckily we have that. And I'm really looking forward to the next two legs because as long as we're in the meet, we should be, you know, doing well. I think the last yeah. practice day. I think the last practice day, Vaquero was twenty four for twenty five, or something like that. And and yeah. you, you just you just look at that ratio, and you're like, yeah, if you, if you're if you're not on your A plus game, you're you're screwed. You know, we that perfect example is we had we had a hour and a half on the second day where we went zero for five, and um, you know we were five fish out of fourth. So yeah, that, yeah, that, that there you go. <laughs> Yeah, you know we were we were nailing it every other part of the the tournament, but it it just took that that hour and a half to kill us going over five over six. And then the third day, you know, we went two hours without a bite because mm -hmm. you know, I, 
just, and they were getting. I wasn't driving over the hungry ones. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think the were, ones that were driving over have already been hooked. But you know, that's all it takes, and it it, it, it the numbers start slipping quick. You know, you're you're in fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, real quick. Yeah, you know? and you can. I I feel like they're like, yeah, just just getting some bites isn't going to do it. You got to be you got to be in an area where you know that they're you're going to get keep them coming you know and that's, yeah that's that's probably the biggest uh decision like a toughest thing to to make a decision is like oh am i catching them as fast as the other people do i want it seems like the best fishing was down to the east but there was a lot more boats there so yes. it was diluted with it so it was obvious where the best fishing was but or yeah. were you going to be where somebody like you guys going to go out and kind of find an area to yourself which doesn't have the same amount of fish but gave you you could still turn into the same amount of numbers per boat you know and i think that it's cool that you guys did what you did i think it's cool when people keep people stick to their guns and do do their own thing and are competitive you know yeah well i mean you're getting bit you're getting bit you know you're catching mm -hmm. two or three an hour it's like okay this this is good you know and you feel like you're on par with the other with the other guys we weren't far off the first couple of days you know even the third but like bill said earlier the guys that were at the top were the guys that are at the top a lot yeah, yeah. so you know you start hearing them yeah. crack them off you know grand slam grand slam grand slam you're like man damn it i mean he's a lot of boats left him the last day and ran to you. us and he stayed down there and it was just one after another there towards the end of the day and he's like oh well that's good. Because he he uh like they I mean they they must have had an insane last hour and a half or so, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, he started he started really getting them there at the last last two hour and a half, two hours of the day. I was hearing Grand Slam a lot. Yeah. And I knew that a lot of boats had already left him because they had ran towards us. And he had never caught and he never caught a Marlin. No. Yeah, he didn't. Grand, Grand Slam never caught a Marlin. The other top four boats. I mean, they were they were way ahead of everybody, but uh, you know, like like you guys were saying on on the blood money chat, they, you know, the, it was a four or five boat tournament, you know, until until maybe Vaccaro got hot and um and started started creeping up at the end. Um, but Grand Slam did it with eighty four sales. Everybody Golly. else, everybody else had a Marlin bite, you know, which is five hundred points. Um, uh, the, the marlin were few and far between, which was really aggravating because we were we were uh, three three for four on blues and and one for one on stripes during the one, two and a half practice days, and then never saw a marlin the rest of the day. Yeah, we the caught one every day of the practice day, and the last day too. The last yeah. day we fished, we caught it. The last two fish we caught was a double. One was a blue, and one was a sail, and it was like, okay, this yeah, is I cool. can use that right now. Six hundred. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, that's a nice double to catch. Like, okay, cool. That's why I went back there in the morning, and it was Mahi Century. I mean, just great acres, acres of big gaffers. It was just like, oh, it, it was not quite El Salvador, Nick, but it was it was yeah. aggravating as hell. Yeah, and I kept that's, trying that's to get a tough to bite to beat there to find to find, <laughs> to find the sails. I was like, if I can get to the edge of them, I'm sure that they'll start turning into sailfish, and then they never did. So I was like, all right, I'm out of here. Got to do something. Nice. It worked out. So, gracias adios, as they say, right? <laughs> yeah, man. I think you guys for the first for the first tournament. I think you guys put on a heck of a show. You know, I feel like sometimes in in those tournaments, people need a couple years to to get the wheels turning and everything. You guys showed up and started doing really well the first leg. So, I hope it works out for you guys the rest of the tournament. I think it's me too. It's amazing. I think you guys got a great team, and I think you guys could probably do some damage here. I know we got a great team, you know, so <laughs> it's going to be good. I'm looking forward to it. And, you know, the main thing is we had a lot of fun, too. Phew. You know, it wasn't like super stressed and everyone's <laughs> quiet. I mean, I don't think there was a quiet moment all day. Anthony, really, you would have Anthony would have jumped. Anthony would have jumped off the bridge. That, that, why? No oh my god, dude! Well, I would have just, I would have just done the whole. See, the Bill's just got to get in with the the speaker and the one way traffic from the bridge and the tower, <laughs> and then you don't have to worry about the rest. Yeah, well, 
it was entertaining. It made the days go by fast. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. there was a lot of jokes told and just a lot of laughter. Was, you know, we were all having fun. And I think that loosened us all up, you know, and the fish we were, we were getting bit and it's the way a tournament should go, you know, yeah. getting bit, oh, yeah. having fun and you do pretty good. You do okay. Barry would, Barry would, Barry would get bit Anthony and he'd start, he'd start feeding the right long and he'd be like, two guys walk into a bar. It's like, dude, <laughs> catch your fish, brother. <laughs> you know, he, and he, he would just, get him. He would get him. He would get him. He would yeah. tell he he probably told three stories for uh, three jokes for every sailfish he caught while he was catching. <laughs> I, I I honestly thought he was going to run out on the first day, and then he spilled the whole second day, and then the third, and it was like, wow, this guy's really got a <laughs> lot of jokes. But it really did, it, it it really did keep it light. You know, the guys the guys were having a great time, and uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was fun. I mean, it was. I, like I said, it was about as good as it could go, you know, besides winning. But we all had a lot of fun, and we got a great team put together. And I'm looking forward to the second leg, you know. I feel really good about it. I felt yeah. good about it before because even though we hadn't fished together, being in the industry so long, I've known about everyone that was coming, yeah. you know. And I knew they were all good anglers. So I was like, all right, let's do this, you know. Like, we got a real shot. We got them right where we want them. Nice. Right. I think you do. Right? <laughs> yeah. Garrett's an animal. I'll just say that. Garrett Garrett is Garrett's mad at him. He's not Garrett's, well, he Garrett's a great fisherman. Yeah, yeah. He's a I mean, huge help there. He was our pro ant. I got you. Yeah, he's a he's a monster. Yeah. He is. He's a great fisherman. I mean, that guy, he he he's mad at him. You know, yeah. he's doing it right for sure. So he couldn't be happier. Nice. You know. Cool. Cool, fellas. Well, I appreciate the time. I think Nick and I appreciate the, the time. I think it was a detailed recap of of the Los Suenos series. I think maybe next, maybe this week we'll, we'll do another. the next one. Yeah, and then maybe we'll yeah. do another another uh, oh, recap, recap of the, of the uh, Operation Sailfish later on this week, too. And then next month, do, do another one. Hear from you guys. Yeah, again. you know, I keep hearing that in February is the hot month, so Maybe next next leg we'll get in forty bites a day, fifty awesome. bites a day. You know, they might be like have more to talk about. <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah. All right, boys. Cool, well, guys. All right, well, thanks for coming, man. Good luck. Thanks, guys. All right, see you. Later.